Hello and welcome to Bevies with the Boys. We are back once again. This is episode 35. My name is Kieran and I'm joined by the illustrious, the highly talented Tom. Say hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. It's me. I'm here. We're both here. We're back after two weeks, I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. I forgot we had a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. I've, been, I've been a busy boy, so it's, time has flown by. Um, oh, my goodness. We've got so much to catch up on. We've got so much to discuss. But first, Tom... I want to bring to the table a Facebook post that uh, made me, uh, found it funny and confusing at the same time, if you will allow me to do so. Okay, you agree, crack. You've already titillated me. Well, I I forgot that this was something I was going to talk about, and I kind of have a little notes app where I just write down things throughout, between recordings, where I'm like, oh, I'll write down this. And I wrote down in my notes app, uh, quite a while ago by this point, because as you say, we haven't done this for a while, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, World of Warcraft Eurogamer post plus in Insane comment and I was like what the fuck does that mean <laughs> so I looked <laughs> like in my a um, whole conspiracy theory just being unpacked <laughs> I looked in my uh my phone screenshots folder because I thought oh maybe I've screenshotted something and there it is so I don't know when this was this must have been a couple of weeks ago but it was just a post I think I was at the cinema and I was I just looked at my phone and there was a post by Eurogamer the popular um you know gaming focused publication and it was just a news story very minimal interaction and they just had a headline that was like Jamie Lee Curtis who we know of course of Halloween fame um will be donning a World of Warcraft cosplay for daughter's wedding and I'm like okay that's pretty nothing story but fair enough good for her whatever that's fun you know she supports her daughter and she seems like a good mum that's cool I had one comment at the time when I (laughs) when I clicked on it and I won't say the guy's name because I'm not planning to dox him but it uh I found it so confusing and I just wanted to share this with you. So, uh, again, the headline is just Jamie Lee Curtis is wearing some World of Warcraft armor for her daughter's wedding. That's fun. Yeah. She's, she's um, dressed up in, in some cosplay. Just some having cosplay. a good time. So the comment that was left is a guy saying, and I'll read this in its entirety. It's not overly long. Um, huh. So I guess the marriage will last until one of them realizes that the other has changed over the last six years or so and that they have tarnished what they were building over the last 20 years. Interesting. (laughs) I think that guy might have some baggage he's bringing to the table. (laughs) I think you've just encapsulated a man with, uh, I'm going to guess it's a man as well. It is a man, uh, of course it's a man. Marital issues that he well, is just <laughs> repressing real hard. The only other comment was a response to his, just someone saying, you okay, brother? <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like that perfectly encapsulates why Facebook is a worthless platform. <laughs> oh, it's great. I love it. The um, and I've, I've spoken to you about because I've mainly just deleted everything and any pro- uh, presence I have on Facebook. The yeah. only reason I have it is for little sort of community town groups. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about this last <laughs> night, weren't we? Yeah. Of um, just people when they don't have enough going on, they just find anything to complain about. Like the, mm. the biggest post in my most recent local one was that a horse had shat in the road, <laughs> as, as horses are akin to do. <laughs> You do live in uh, Dickensian London, yeah. so that's probably why it was. That. <laughs> it was blasphemy, blasphemy, I tell you. That's very really angry funny. people. Yeah. So, yeah, I um, I used to be a part of some of those groups, but I found them too depressing because they <laughs> really, especially where you and I are, quite rural. We live in like country towns, or at least used to. Um, 
they're very racist <laughs> they're very you know oh, yeah. if or not just racist general bigotry and just i don't know it's 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 quite sad to see such a concentration of hate especially when it's like somewhere you live it's like oh i'm surrounded by these kinds of people um which is a shame but yeah facebook is something of a, a cultural wasteland i think at yeah. the moment i've seen my most recent thing on those that i've seen which is a worrying trend is you know those kind of boomer humor um i hate my wife kind of jokes oh yeah a certain demographic would do and yeah. every joke ends with the punchline just it's a penis that's the whole end of the joke and that is on every single post <laughs> i scroll through it's and the it's height of comedy insane. it is yeah no i um i do sometimes love seeing those boomer memes but i i think one of my favorite um twitter accounts i follow is called something like cropped boomer memes and it's mm. it's kind of that level of you know on uh, reddit we were laughing about before that comedy um what's it called Com uh, basically memes that are so absurd and stupid that that's why they're funny and like oh, it, comedy if heaven. you try comedy heaven yeah if you tried yeah. showing someone else they'd be like what the fuck is this like get away from me but if it hits the right note it's just that perfect level of like deranged insanity um yeah. and I, I find it very endearing um but yeah, so we haven't recorded for a few weeks. Uh, what have What have you been up to? What have you been doing for the last few weeks? Uh, I'm like a left behind Labrador. I've just been pouring at the door, waiting for you to get back. Oh, to, that's adorable. <laughs> <chat with> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. No, I've um, I've been doing little things, little gaming things, little, little TV gaming things, things, little movie things. Each oh, of which I goodness. will sprinkle into the conversation with big. I'm bringing big topics this week big topics that the people got to oh. know but first of all what the people got to know yeah. is where why did you leave me where why did <laughs> <laughs> i went to viva las vegas as we uh, mentioned on the previous episode i went there for a, a work excursion i say excursion it was an actual work thing i had to do work while i was there unfortunately mm. um but yeah so i went to vegas uh and it was a real roller coaster of an experience um i'll start i suppose by uh the start of the trip so you know before i was talking about inventing anna and that netflix series that i quite enjoyed yeah and um have you watched any of that no so the a big through line of it is that this anna delvey um has created this fake life for herself and she goes to all these lavish hotels and things and uh basically eventually like gets kicked out of most of them because it turns out she doesn't have a proper credit card on file and there's loads of financial issues and they say they're going to call the police. I had something of a Anna Delvey experience <laughs> when I first got to Vegas, um, which was quite frightening. So yeah. I won't go into too many details because it is to do with, you know, business and things. But basically we got to the hotel. I arrived there at, uh, I'd been traveling for... I mean, since I left my house, upward of about 20 hours on the first Saturday. So I was exhausted. Yeah. And you were I just real loosey-goosey at that I point. was. I was a real loose goose. Um, but I get to the, the front desk, and um, for whatever reason, basically, I don't know how it works, but there's some kind of form that businesses have to fill out when you, they book a hotel. And uh, the, the hotel I was staying at hadn't received this or hadn't processed this so I got there and they essentially immediately tried to take almost two thousand pounds from my personal bank account um and it got denied because I didn't yeah. have that much money in there at the time obviously so I, I was like hey I've just got a notification on my phone what the fuck are you doing <laughs> are you trying to steal from me <laughs> yeah and so they were like oh yeah no we just got a bounce back from your account I'm like yeah, because the, everything's paid for. What are you doing? Like, and apparently they explained, oh, they hadn't got this form. Um, so that 
eventually we were trying to call back to the UK, but at this point in the UK, it was like 4am the next day. So it didn't really yeah. work. So we basically, the first two days we were in Vegas had like pretty much to say to the hotel, Hey, the money will come through. Please. Can we stay here rather than just on the streets? So it was, uh, it was not the best introduction. And they said, um, no, no, no. Out of the revolving doors. Yeah, no. So that was that was quite scary, but eventually that all got resolved, and we were there for the whole week. Um, but Vegas is a, it's not, it's an acquired taste, I think, more so than I expected it to be. I mean, everyone knows Las Vegas. It's loads in loads of films. I mean, you got films like Casino that are built entirely around Las Vegas. Um, but more so than anywhere else I've ever been, including major cities where, you know, London is very overpriced for the most part. And Paris I've been to is incredibly expensive if you go to certain bars and things. But Vegas is almost that to an insane degree to where like in my hotel room, for example, it's Vegas is in the middle of the desert in the Nevada desert. So you're thirsty all the time because there's desert air and it's really dry and really hot. So sort of that arid heat where you're just panting and yeah, it's horrible. Um, so I was constantly drinking water and I thought, oh, I'll get a few bottles of water and then put them in the, the hotel like um, fridge because, oh, you know, why not? Because it will keep them nice and cool. Um, I went to open the hotel fridge and obviously everyone knows like if there's a mini bar, if you take anything out of it, they'll charge you for it. Fair enough. You know, that's just how hotels work. Yeah. In Vegas, there's a sign on the fridge doors in the bed in the rooms that says if you use the fridges for what they call personal use, a.k.a. literally putting a bottle of water in them, they'll charge you $75 for the privilege. Oh, fun. <laughs> Um, which is absolutely insane. So between that and the whole hotel thing and generally being made to feel like a criminal, I did not have a best first impression of Vegas. Let's just say that. It's not making me want to rush to the closest airplane. No. Um, But I mean, there there were definitely upsides. So like I had a few days uh, outside of the kind of the business reasons I was there. I had a few days of kind of, you know, free time to do what I wanted to do. And me and someone else who I went with over there, we really wanted to go to a uh, shooting range because it's not something you can do in the UK, really, especially not with, you know, the range we went to. You could literally shoot any kind of gun you could think of, like everything from World War Two, like, I don't know, um, Mossin Naga rifles all the way up to like a Barrett 50 cal or, you know, whatever. Um, so we looked around and there was a place nearby called, I think it's Battlefield Vegas. Uh, and it was really cool because basically you it has like an entire menu of guns, which is insane. But that's like the most American thing you can think of. I imagine it comes like a Dickie Bode waiter who just comes around yeah. and has a revolver on a pallet. Essentially. Um, but yeah, so you basically you book, you pay by the number of bullets, essentially. So you pick a gun and then if you want to have like, for example, a machine gun with 25 rounds, it's this price, 50 rounds, it's this price. So I went for a G36C for no other reason than it's a gun that I really know from Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> um, and the person I was with went for, um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's, an, it's a sniper rifle that, again, I think is in a lot of Call of Duty games. Um, but the cool thing was, so you book your, you know, guns you want to do, and then you book a time slot. And the reason you book a time slot is because they then, because you're in Vegas, and of course this happens because it's the most extravagant city in the world, they yeah. sent an army Humvee for free to our hotel front door to pick us up. Um, it's driven by a, a retired military guy, and all the whole center's run by all um, ex-veterans and things. Oh, I guess you just call them veterans, not ex-veterans. Um 
So they pick you up in a Humvee. We were driving down the highway with ACDC and stuff, blaring out incredibly loud. The coolest fucking thing I've ever done. And then we get to the range. Um, shooting guns, it turns out, and this will probably put some people off, is incredibly fun. And I would definitely do it again. <laughs> um, and then after that, they drive you wherever you want in a Humvee. So we said, oh, can we go to the Vegas sign? And we snapped some like tourist pictures there. And then he drove us all the way back to our hotel. And we basically had a whole tour of like the strip. And it was amazing. Um, so that was cool. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, yeah. as I said, like I know guns are kind of controversial. And I definitely, on the political side of things, you know, my views are totally different. But recreationally in something like a gun range, I think they're can be you know a level of fun and tourism goodness to it that yeah. you don't really need to get too bogged down in the politics but um yeah well, so that was my, my only thing is that you signed up with a company called battlefield las vegas they picked <laughs> you up in a humvee to take you there i would have got in and went have i accidentally drafted myself into an actual war here yeah is this, is no. this some kind of big, <laughs> big cult-like experience where i just died i'm i'm part of the gang now I was slightly concerned about that, but it was it was very very fun. Um, you've never shot a gun or anything, have you? Uh, I have. I've shot. A, well, I think it was an air rifle pistol. I don't know. I was really young. Was <laughs> of course like, you were. <laughs> yeah, just like at a friend's birthday, I was just like handed a pistol. I imagine it would have been an air rifle pistol, not a real pistol, because I feel yeah. like that would have been very illegal. Oh, fair enough. Um, that kind of brings me on to someone else about Vegas, which I found bizarre, is that the town, or not town, city, I don't know what you want to call it, um, is entirely built upon, you know, drinking, um, sex, and all these vices. I mean, it's called Sin City. And yeah. yet, when you're walking around the Strip, there is a shocking number of parents who bring their children there. Um, like, and okay, fair enough, there's... Probably, I mean, I'd say there's things to do outside of that. There's not really, like, well, it is entirely... They're the ace gamblers. You never know what they're thinking. <laughs> yeah, but you're not allowed <laughs> to gamble you, if you're under you 21. Are you going to tell a five-year-old they can't put it all on red? I will probably give it a go, but they won't listen to me because of the accent. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, so, like, it's weird because, of course, I mean, there are things to do. Like, there are restaurants... And that's about it, really. But it's mostly all like gambling yeah. and drinking. But it's not just the fact they bring kids. But so I don't know if you might have seen this in like films or I d you don't really get it in places like London. But on the strip, you get people um, mainly, you know, very young, attractive women. Dra not very young, but like, you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll have you know, I've played Fallout New Vegas. I know what goes on on the strip. Well, it's not. So I'm not talking about prostitution. It's like people who say, oh, do you want to take a picture with me? And they're dressed up in like, you know, yeah. um, sort of, I, I don't know what you call it, all feathers and like incredibly skimpy bikinis and stuff. Cabaret. And it's like, okay. Friend. Cabaret. Well, cabaret, there we go. And it's like, to a degree, you know, I haven't really got a problem with that from a, you know, even if it is a sex worker perspective, it's like, you know, people have got to do what they got to do. And I think body positivity, whatever, do what you got to do. But it's yeah. when like, I saw a few parents getting their incredibly young kids to get pictures where they've got like a woman's boobs on their head. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way where I'm like, this town yeah. is kind of hell. <laughs> like it's, it's bizarre. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's fucking insane. Yeah. I, I, I don't have anything to add to that. It's no. Yeah. It's, it's um, weird. It, it's weird, wacky world. I imagine. It is. 
Vegas is, I mean, more so than anywhere else I've been, it is just a bubble that is like a community unto itself. And if you, yeah. I mean, even if like, because there was a few times where we went for breakfast and we got an Uber 10 minutes off the strip and it's just so nice because it's like you're back in a normal place <laughs> and then you go back onto the strip because our hotel was on the strip. We were staying on the strip and you go back on there and it's just, you know, 24-7 insanity. I, I imagine it's like and a it's, real <laughs> overstimulating just... Yeah, Crazy there's time. like, there's like, I mean, there's speakers and stuff everywhere and there are always at least two different songs playing from loudspeakers. <laughs> so you like, it's, it's oh, very overwhelming. insane. <laughs> yeah. I it's uh, two minutes and then just I'd break every loudspeaker in Vegas. I would 100% understand why you would do that. I mean, it's, it's like if you went there for a long weekend, I think that'd be cool. But we were there for a week because we were there for this conference and things. Yeah. So like it was by the end of it, I was like, get me the fuck out of this place. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it was it was cool. I mean, it, it, I had some pretty amazing meals. Like at one point I had this um, surf and turf, which was a 16 ounce ribeye steak and uh, lobster tail. Um, which I think was something stupid, like $120, uh, because everything there is like triple the price of a normal meal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of cool. Like, I don't know. I mean, have you ever had any, I think we spoke about this when we initially said I was going to Vegas, but have you ever had any drive to go to Vegas or have I now completely put you off? Uh, not massively, I'll be honest. No. Like, obviously, everyone goes to Vegas for the gambling is the main, the main mm. reason you would go somewhere like that. And that's always been to me is something you can do away and about. It's not, I, I don't know. It just, it seems if that's the only reason you're going to a place, you could do that somewhere else. Probably yeah. it could be a bit nicer as well. I mean, there's um, there's like, I mean, I didn't get to go to any of them, but there are constant shows and like there's so many billboards and electric screens where like any celebrity or musician or comedian that you could ever imagine has either had or currently has, it seems, a residency in Vegas. Yeah, so like Vegas. it is definitely the like entertainment center center of capital whatever of everywhere it seems but like i don't know it's yeah i think if you went there for if you lived in america and you went there for like a long weekend that'd be cool but from the uk you know it took i don't know including a layover it took like 15 hours to fly there so i don't know if i would go out of my way yeah. to go again um, aren't cheap man no, and there's that element. Yeah, they're very, very expensive, as you know, as you well know, when you're trying to currently plan for your own international excursions. Yeah, um, super fun. Yeah, so that's that's a little sort of encapsulation of Kieran's Vegas yeah. adventure. Um, so your, which your is, trip advisor is like a firm three point two out of five. Well, <laughs> I don't do your crazy decimals, so maybe maybe a three, maybe down to a two and a half. I don't know. I expected to enjoy it a bit more, but I think that's because, like, I thought I'd be doing gambling and stuff. But you know, I, I've kind of got stuff I need to save for at the minute, so I didn't want to spend yeah. loads of money. And my only experience of gambling when I was there was I lost about fifty quid in some slot machines in about five minutes at the most. So I was like, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to lose my entire life savings uh, like in an hour. I feel, I feel like you walked in, pulled one level, went, nope, that's not for me. All of yeah. your wallet just disappeared. You're like, I'm just going to go home now. I'm definitely not Rain Man, let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, there were highs and lows, but it was it was all, I mean, all, all, I'm glad I did it. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush back anytime soon. No. Um, but when I was out there, pretty wild things happened. I mean, you oh. know, there's a whole war going on and all kinds of craziness, but I went to get your take, Tom, 
on what is currently old news by this point, the uh, the Will Smith Oscar slap. Oh, what was that yeah. all about? He just he he walked up, he slapped a boy, he walked back he to did. his seat. Um, I I I quite like Will Smith as a person. Yeah, I think he's he was is slash was depending on how you feel about it. Um, fantastic, very good for. Well, he was very good for positivity and just <laughs> he was, yeah. yeah not not so much anymore. Um and I think he as person is going through a very difficult time in his relationship because it's we will never understand the experience of having everybody in the world judge our relationship and our actions. That's not anything that will ever happen to I would say like ninety nine point nine percent of people on the planet. Yeah. However, <laughs> that being said i sympathize with him dick move and also yeah. it brings up the conversation of repercussions i don't think you should be able to just walk up to someone slap someone and sit back down and then just go but it's will smith though isn't it so yeah that's not, it's not so <sighs> i i think he should be banned from the oscars personally for any other future endeavors and i i think he should have an assault charge put against him because yeah. he committed assault on live television. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, in terms of repercussions, the, the the story will probably have changed by the time this episode even comes out. But I know that as of now, Will, will has, uh, I think, retired from the, or removed himself from the academy. I don't know the exact terminology of what he's done. But, so that, but essentially, I think that boils down to he'll still go to the Oscars. He's still eligible to win and everything. Yeah. I think it just means he doesn't get access to like uh, Oscar screeners, which, which is a like, lot of people were pointing that out, but also Jada hasn't. So she will be able to just take him as a plus one. So well, exactly. Esen- yeah. Essentially, yeah, nothing has changed for his lifestyle other than yeah. mass publicity towards this event. I was um I was pleasantly surprised at least to see because when it happened I was on I was in America at the time and I was on Twitter I think pretty much as it happened or soon after um and it was kind of initially after all the incredibly funny memes and uh, and tweets and stuff it seemed everyone immediately rallied around Chris Rock which I was almost quite surprised by because as you say Will Smith is like this beloved icon of entertainment yeah. and yet everyone was kind of unanimous in saying this isn't okay. Like you can't do this to a comedian, um, which is important, I think, because like you and I, we've said in the past on here, we both really love stand-up comedy, and I think you know, regardless of um, whether you get offended by certain things or you know, that's an entirely separate argument. I think generally comedians should be exempt from uh, no. assault and violence. I think that's probably a safe thing yeah, to I, say. I, <laughs> I think that's a real hot take from you there. Um, yeah. No, I, I think. If if there is a saucy joke in a comedian set that does offend people, they should absolutely deal with the consequences of saying that. And that those consequences could be verbal, it could be boycotts, all that. But I don't think they should ever just be assaulted halfway through no. the set for making a joke. I think it's it's yeah, it's a very slippery slope because if you kind of I mean, but there's as you say, it's tricky because it almost seems like the Academy and the Oscars and everything have said that that's okay because they pretty much did absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. it, it, Will was still allowed to go up and collect his best uh, best actor for what was it, King Richard? Um, and it's like, oh well, I guess that this means absolutely nothing. So I don't know. I mean, it's there are people who say it's fake and staged and all that stuff. And I think initially when I heard the headlines or whatever, I thought, oh, that must be like some 
Oscars, you know, skit because they don't really get much viewership. But then you watch it, and I think I don't know about you. For me, it's when Will goes and sits back down and is screaming like, "Keep my wife's name oh. out your fucking mouth!" I was like, <laughs> yes. "Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. this uh, is actually quite real and scary." <laughs> um, yeah. I don't think Will Smith. Well, going forward, I never thought he would be the kind. If it was staged, he would be the kind of actor to do that because he's very, no. very precious about his public persona. Yeah, so I think so. that kind of um, yeah does put away those naysayers and those conspiracy theorists. Um, so yeah, that was pretty wild. Yeah. Something else crazy that happened while I was away. So uh, it was definitely a, well, it was hot topic news. It got people talking about accountability. So that's that's it a did. fun conversation. It's always have. very important. Um, something else I wanted to put to you, particularly because, as we've said, you work in hospitality and I just am very intrigued by your opinion of this. Um, so the other day I had a Nando's, but unlike the other 20,000 times I've had Nando's, I actually went into a restaurant. Um, and I, it, as part of that, figured, you know, I used to love going to Nando's because before I went to the cinema yeah. in Berry and things, I'd always go to Nando's. We so I sat down. Weekly Nando's. We did. Back we had Nando's times. very often. That was fun. Um, but yeah, so I sat down, um, and immediately the waiter's like, oh, there's a QR code on the table. You can scan that and order from there. And like, and also he didn't give us a a menu or whatever. He was like, oh, you can scan from the thing. And I don't know about you. I know that like during COVID times, um, you know, the whole scanning QR codes really got a a, a big PR boost during the pandemic. Um, but like now, now off the back of that, when I actually do go out of my way to go out to a restaurant, it kind of bums me out that like that's the main sort of way you interact with certain restaurants now because I like the whole kind of restaurant experience, you know? Yeah. Where um you you sit down and you're sort of waited on by a waiter and I'm not saying I'm not some Karen who's like, you know, treat me like a god, but it just seemed a bit like I don't know, dis- disposable. Um I don't know, what are your what are your yeah. thoughts on that? Does this Would mean anything it's... to you or am I just whining? No, it does. Um I'm always going to be very biased on the side of hospitality because it's it's what I do for a living. I really enjoy it. I think I'm half decent at it. Um, I think I'm trying to very carefully pick my words around here. Um, I think during the pandemic, a lot of people in the hospitality industry realized that it's not always the best industry to work in. Yeah. It really depends on where you work. You've got some really shitty places and a lot of people got burnt out by it. So I think coming back after the pandemic, there has been a real shift in, there's quite a lot of staff in hospitality now that are even new because there were mass layoffs and mass quitting during the whole pandemic because a mm. lot of people were out of work for two years, myself included. Um, luckily I had furlough and a lot of other people I know had furlough and that was good for hanging on, but wasn't the best outcome that we could have had throughout the entirety of life um and i think a lot of people now are more disillusioned working there yeah so i think it's difficult now to get that same kind of energy about service and being in the service industry um to be more to your specific thing uh, i love sitting down with an actual menu having great staff it makes the experience why you want to go out and i think everywhere should strive to have that but I also understand that a lot of people now probably don't care as much, especially in sort of chain places like your Nando's or your... But I, I know a couple of weeks ago, there was a uh, obviously the Byron in Berry where we live down the road. 
um, they had to close early because they had no one in the kitchen. All, all oh, their wow. chefs just left. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think it's a difficult industry to try and manage now again. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, full caveat or for this Nando's experience, like A, as you said, I know Nando's isn't some kind of fine dining place, but also you could, um, this almost does sound like I'm just whinging for the sake of it, but you could go up to the counter and order. It was just the fact that yeah. from the second you get in, they kind of funnel you to this is how you should do it. And if you, you know, if you really don't want to, then you can go and order like yeah, traditionally. It, yeah, it should be on, I would say it should be on the side of the wait staff to ensure that you're looked after and you have a good time yourself because that is so that is part of the job you have to make yeah. sure everyone's having a good time yeah i mean it's like uh, you know and also sort of to your point about people who maybe are getting into the industry now for the first time because they literally need any staff they can get um you know the guy that it sort of took us in and sat us down i had to ask him about three times what he had said because he was sorry i'm losing my voice incredibly <laughs> once <laughs> this story is really <laughs> choking you up very uh, it is i'm very i'm that. very upset um but yeah no so he uh I had to repeat him. He had to repeat himself like three times because I had no idea what he was saying because he was mumbling under his voice. And I'm like, I get that maybe he's really socially anxious or if this is like his first shift. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like you you do have to have a certain level of, uh, if not charisma, then, you know, as you say, hospitality is all about hospitality at the end of the day. So it's yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of ran, ranting about random things that came to my head while I was having this tasty, tasty, spicy chicken. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just uh, I think it's where I especially where I just came from Vegas, where, you know, hospitality is everything because they rely on tips so much. So like yeah, you go to a restaurant and they're just a night like, and day comparison between American and UK yeah. service industries. And it was it was like just insane to compare those two but at the same time you know you are also in america paying an insane amount of money whereas nando's is quite an affordable little chicken chain so i can't really complain all that much but uh yeah yeah that's that's kieran's rant corner done with <laughs> i always enjoy i well i can transition straight to thomas's rant corner if you Ooh, want i'm excited had, please do uh just for uh, theat theatrical reasons you had the worst chicken of your life correct and excuse me to counter that i saw the worst movie of my life oh okay yeah i'm with you uh in which it's encapsulated and i need to give props to a special friend because he made this joke when we left the cinema not me of i went to see morbius and the first thing he said afterwards was i want there to be lesbius <laughs> that's just a fun pun for the kids there i did love that um, pun that was that was our friend sam i would not was our you know sam. dox him but he he knows he doesn't listen yeah. to this but he knows no he he'll never know that i said this <laughs> no um yeah i saw the latest uh, quote unquote spider-man movie and <laughs> didn't have a good time doing it no spider-man in it isn't there no Spider-Man. That's not even a spoiler. There's no. even like the poster they put in to make people think, oh, there's going to be a Spider-Man. That, that entire shot wasn't in the movie. The one in the trailer. Yeah. Well, I heard the director say that he didn't even know why. He wasn't aware that that was being included in the trailer. Mm. Like the, the studio just did that and he found out after the fact. And it just sounds like a complete Sony shit show, which is sort of par for the course with some of their movies. Oh, Sony shit show doesn't even start. Um, right. <laughs> should I should I give you a quick rundown of Please do. Morbius? So it stars a Mr. Jared Leto as the titular character Michael mm. Morbius, and he essentially uh, he has a 
degradating med uh, medical condition, makes it difficult for him to live his normal life. Um, so being in a superhero movie, he thinks, you know what, I'm going to inject myself with bat DNA. <laughs> of course he does. Because <laughs> he, he has a, uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, basically, his disease is through his blood. And he says... Isn't that how COVID started? <laughs> that's all you could think of in post-COVID time. Yeah, Michael it's, Morbius it's, started yeah, COVID. <laughs> glaringly obvious. Um, right. So he does that, and then he becomes a vampire, and then he gets bat powers, which is right. weird. Yeah. So but Matt Smith is the antagonist to him. Bearing in mind, also... I think Matt Smith in it, I think he's already quite a phenomenal actor when he wants to be. Mm. Um, and his performances compared to Jared Leto's, I punched the mic there, sorry. Um, <laughs> they're very, very different, I would say, yeah. uh, in, I mean, in terms of quality. Just for context, like yesterday when we were hanging out, you made the incredibly bold claim that Matt Smith is the best Doctor Who. I do think he is the best Doctor. But oh, I think that's also based on the actual theming of the Doctor Who. Mainly, I like his soundtrack more. His soundtrack, right? Okay, he's, he's got fair really enough. good action music, and that yeah. pops it up for me. Okay. Um, but anyway, back to back to the vampire man. Yeah. So basically, Morbius makes himself a vampire, and there, oh, this is good. But I'm just going to spoil the film here. You're not going to see it, and if other people, they can just skip ahead. Uh, he makes himself a vampire and then goes, I've made a horrible mistake, I'm a cursed man. And then Matt Smith, who has the same disease as him and he grew up with, went, well, fuck you, uh, I also want to be a vampire because otherwise I'll die. And he's like, no, you don't. He says, yes, I do. He becomes a vampire. The film goes on for an extra hour and then they fight. And that's, that is the entirety of the film. So... So you probably said this a second ago, my brain switched off because I don't care about Morbius. But um, <laughs> So Matt Smith and Jared Leto are not only childhood friends, but they have the exact same degenerative yes. disease. Right. Yes. Okay, that's convenient, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think they're in a hospital for it. <laughs> oh, is that also, where they become friends? Yeah, but it's also supposed to be like one of the rarest diseases in the world. And there's like a whole hospital full of them. So oh. I'm like, I don't know how that works. And of course. Yeah, it's just it just wasn't fun in the end. The action because they decided to do little wibbly lines to show these being a super fast vampire. By the way, whole whole thing could have been avoided if someone just used the fucking word vampire. <laughs> Why? Instead, Why is that? Because well, Matt Smith goes up to old Jared Leto and goes, "Oh, look, you've got a six pack now. Obviously, whatever you did worked. Give me the good juice." And he goes, "No, it's a curse. It's awful." I, he doesn't just say, "I turned myself into a vampire. Please <laughs> leave me alone." <laughs> he makes it yeah. a big secret, um, and then he makes a, a poison to kill Matt Smith. While he's making it, also, I heard the probably the worst line of dialogue I've ever heard. Oh. Which he's he's making a little anti serum to kill vampires, and while mixing it, he just goes, "This is lethal to bats, but <laughs> deadly to humans." It's like, what? Is <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's the same thing. And then he, um, the reason he because obviously in every big superhero fight, the hero has to win because of a lesson they learn earlier in the film. That's just mm. how it works, like a special technique or like the crane kick in Karate Kid. Yeah. Um, 
And Morbius's way of winning is that he stroked a bat a couple of times and then they became best buds. So now he has the power to call a swarm of bats to kill Matt Smith. So the That's bats kill Matt Smith, not bats his... Kill uh... Matt Smith. Well, the Not bats, the bats hold him down. Like he, he has like a thousand bats, and he holds him down. He goes, "You stay there, Batsmith," and then he <laughs> stabs him with a needle. That's very good. Um, yeah. Isn't there also like? And then two... Michael Keaton's in it. Well, I was going to say, isn't there two like completely nonsensical post-credits? Yeah, that annoyed me more. This is now just my Spider-Man rant because um, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Keaton shows up in it because. Uh, get weird. You know the whole No Way Home thing where the portals opened up and then the best thing is doing the Venom. Venom went yes. from the Venom universe into Spider-Man universe and then in the post credit scene they sent him back to the Venom universe. Yeah, utterly pointless. Yeah, I think that's just Sony and Marvel playing hot potato with Sony going, you get Venom now, you have to use him, haha, and Marvel going, no we don't, keep the <laughs> shitty stuff away from us. And now I think out of spite, uh, Sony have just gone, well, if you're not having him, we're just going to take Michael Keaton. And that's just <laughs> what they did. They d- he just showed up in a prison one day and they went, well, we have to release him because he hasn't done anything wrong in this universe. And then he just makes a vulture suit again, which is something he couldn't do in the original Homecoming. He had someone to do it for him, but now he just can do it. And then he's like, we should team up. So they're going to do a Sinister Six with the Vulture and Morbius, and that's probably going to be it. Because yeah. it's going to be a dumpster fire of a movie i mean they absolutely won't actually make that because i think that nobody is really seeing morbius so hopefully no. fingers crossed <laughs> this will be the last we see of uh everybody has seen morbius now because of my very in-depth review well they don't need to you provided so much detail about the plot exactly that i know. painted a visual picture for them that they've seen the movie yes very beautiful picture um yeah. so that yeah i haven't i haven't seen any real big movies lately i mean uh i don't know if i spoke about it actually on the last episode or maybe i watched it a few days after we last recorded but i did just before going to vegas i watched a film called the worst person in the world um which a lot of people might not have heard of because it's uh it's not about fun movie (laughs) it's not about uh michael morbius or jared leto um it is it's a i think it's swedish it's somewhere from scandinavia um it's basically a kind of a rom-com actually um and it's about this girl uh, woman i guess actually who um kind of just sort of is incredibly meandering through life can't really settle on a career or a boyfriend and yeah. i don't know you just sort of it's like a day in the life except you sort of follow her for a number of years and it is simultaneously very very funny at parts and also crushingly sad um so which as you know most of my favorite films are and i imagine this will appear on my best of the year list so look forward to that one you like a film that makes you laugh and then punches you in the face i do i've learned very early on um but yeah no so if you know if if people do want to see something a little bit different i think you can still catch that at some sort of smaller cinemas so like curzon in your picture houses and things um but yeah that is a a big big recommendation from me um the only other thing i watched recently that i just kind of wanted to chat with you about because i know you've also watched is mm. the first episode of moon knight um yes. episode two will also be out by the time this episode of the podcast comes out uh, i haven't watched it yet have you watched the second one i did not know that it would be out so now i am going to watch the well second there you episode. go thank um, you for my little weekly reminder but yeah what did you what did you think of that first one i really really liked it because i think it is a good change for marvel yeah personally. i would agree with that yeah um 
I I mean, people who maybe don't know, I guess we can't even really describe what Moon Knight is because the first episode is so like layered in uh, mystery and intrigue. But basically, you've got Oscar Isaac in the main role, who I really, really like. I watched mm. um, I watched The Card Counter on the plane to Vegas, which is a film he was in, I think, last year, um, which is really good. He's amazing in it. Um, but yeah, so he's the main guy. He is the, the titular Moon Knight. Um and I don't know, it's hard to kind of talk about the plot because, as I said, at the minute, it is just incredibly mysterious. But I am really hooked. I mean, you've got Ethan Hawke is like seemingly the main villain. And I love Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And I heard an interview with him recently where he's just like a massive nerd and just seems like a really cool guy, which is nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much into Moon Knight and I am looking forward to checking out some more of that. Yeah, I think it's I, I like the fact that it's now Marvel telling weirder stories. Yeah, because essentially Moon Knight is a story about someone who has DID, uh, dissociative identity disorder, and um, he basically, well, in the comics, he prays to an Egyptian god and gets Egyptian god powers, so he basically mm. becomes Batman, as you but, do, but Moon Man, um, <laughs> and so far, I I just like that it can be weird and whack. That was something I was thinking about while watching Morbius, and it could have worked well was that could just be Marvel's way of telling a normal vampire story, but just yeah. tweaked up superhero-y. And this, I think that didn't do it as well. I think Moon Knight is a good avenue where they can just go, we can just tell, like, if we want to, a scary story. Mm. Cause I, I think, think it, yeah, it, it, it does feel... Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if it's scary, but like there were certainly no, bits in that first episode where it's like... There's going to be a launch-off point because there's a character in the first episode um who's a bit of a horror movie villain that can be uh, and they're getting their own halloween spin-off next year oh okay i didn't know that there was someone in the first episode teased to that then i suppose yeah. we'll oh no it's, it's the, the i'll just say there's a werewolf there's a werewolf about running about and that's going to get a halloween little spin-off Thing. Well, that's exciting. I'm looking forward Which, to that. I, I just want more spooky Marvel stuff. I mean, Ma- um, yeah. Multiverse of Madness is meant to be kind of horror-y themed. Uh, so that's Sam out Raimi, this month, so actually, isn't it? Very excited about it. That's out this month, maybe, I think. Uh, May, I think, May. Is it May? Okay, well, Second. I look forward to it either way. Um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Tom. I think that brings us to the end of this uh, very successful episode of Bobby's Boys. It does. That was a very successful so, episode. Look I think uh, it's good to be back. It's nice to be doing these again. I did miss doing it last week, but unfortunately I was in the land of sin. Um, so And without my trusty Bible. Uh, so there we go. But we are back. We're back every week. Do not fret. Um, as always, thank you very much for listening. Follow us on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and wherever you get your podcast. And leave us a review on Spotify or Apple or um, just a friendly little message on Instagram where we are at BevBoysPod. We're also on Facebook, Bevies of the Boys. Follow us on both of those places. Um, yeah, I suppose. You got you got any parting thoughts, Tom? Nah, not, I, I, I'm not a man of very, very many thoughts, really. Well, there you go. I'm I'm a vapid void, and that's all I get to leave you with. Lovely. Okay, see you next week. Bye. Bye.